morning crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several of my friends this morning. We've got Mr. Johnny Crypto, Mario, the Node Defender, and our very special guest, Jordan the King Harry, is in the building to bring us the latest developments in the crypto space. So very excited for this conversation. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Cardano founder Charles Hodgkins is taking the lead on crypto regulation as he educated Congress on the approach when implementing future framework. SEC Chair Gary Gensler is now working with the CFTC as the two regulatory agencies are coming to together to create one set of standards for the crypto industry. Solana is building a Web3 mobile device while the XRPL continues to improve as the new Zoom Pro beta wallet is live, now allowing users a simpler route to financial freedom. Fed Chair Jerome Powell says that Fed now is set to go live in 2023, stating instant settlement payments are a natural evolution of our financial system. And we speak with our special guest, Jordan the King Harry, on the latest developments behind the scenes in the crypto sector, educating our listeners on why the brilliant minds continue to flood into this space. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So I know we usually start off with Johnny K, but I think it's only fitting we start off with Mr. Jordan Harry. How are you feeling on this beautiful Friday morning? And thank you for joining us today. No doubt. I feel fantastic. But um, I missed the memo about getting the virtual background like Johnny and Mario have, because that's not real. We all know that. <laughs> hey, I missed the memo too. Check out my background right here. We got to get out to Johnny K, living the dream, the living legend. Mr. Johnny K, how are you feeling this morning? Oh, I'm doing great. It's awesome to be on Abs' deck again for third day. And we got Mario to come out here too. So all three of us are hanging out good. Jordan, it's great to see you. Welcome to the show. It's been way too long. And uh, just super excited to have you here. Awesome. Thank you, Johnny. And we'll kick it to the Node Defender next. Mario, I see that you flew out and joined Johnny Crypto in Paradise. Thank you for making time for us this morning. How are you feeling on this Friday? Well, I think you got your information twisted, man. Uh, first of all, I didn't I didn't fly anywhere, and maybe there's a chance that we are in the same place. I mean, I'm blurred. He's not blurred, so maybe people can take a crack at it and try to figure out if, if we're in the same place. Let's see. We'll find out. One thing's for sure. I am not there yet, so it's only a matter of time before I join you boys, but we're going to hop the same thing we always do by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to our entire team. We go live on Monday. We go live on Thursday, and we love talking to you guys, so go smash that follow button. Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is sitting at the same level it was yesterday, still ranging in extreme fear, sitting at an 11, but we'll hop into the total coin market cap for today. We are sitting at $944 billion in total market cap. Bitcoin is sitting at 42% dominance. Ethereum is at 15%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at $21,100 this morning. Ethereum getting some bullish price action, approaching $1,200 flat. It's pretty exciting for us Ethereum holders out there. XRP is up nearly 12% on the daily candle. We're sitting at 36 cents this morning. Cardano, 49 cents. Solana, which we are going to cover, a brand new Web3 mobile device being developed by their team. Well, that's sitting at $40 this morning. We've got Stellar at 12 cents. Algorand at 35 cents. And Hedera Hashgraph at 7.5 cents this morning. Jordan Harry, I'd love to hear from you. There's so much fear in the market, especially during bearish times. During a bull run, everyone is so optimistic about price action. 
And in bearish times, times of fear, when people like us should be accumulating, they tend to sit on the sidelines. So do you have any words of advice or maybe not advice, but what are some of your thought process when going through a time like this? Of course. One thing which I'm always happy to share is what I'm doing right now. And so right now, um, I know we'll talk about it later on in the show, is I generally believe we're going to see a recession. We're going to see interest rates increasing. So what I really encourage our viewers to do, which is unpopular uh, opinion, but um, pay off any credit card debts, you know, because you could see those interest rates increase. But not only that, you may need your credit. So it's probably the most boring piece of non-financial advice out there, which is make sure your credit cards now more than ever are paid off before buying the dip, because we don't know how long we're going to be here. But what I'm doing right now is right now I'm taking collateral loans, right? A lot of people took collateral loans at where XRP was a dollar, et cetera, et cetera, months ago. And sadly, people have either been liquidated or are close to that. And my heart goes out to you because during our last little calf walk, I wouldn't call it a bull run, but during our last little run up, I did the same. I took a loan out when XRP was like $1.70 and I had to use my girlfriend's credit card to make sure we didn't get liquidated. So this time around, literally a couple of weeks ago, I took out a collateral loan. You want to be borrowing against your assets when there's minimal downside, in my opinion. So now I'm using that capital and I'm investing in a little something alongside you gentlemen. But we'll talk about that in due time. 100% Jordan. It's interesting that you're recommending going in collateral, right? Because we had so much conversation about this stuff six months ago when it was the maximum time of risk to be entering this market. But now that we have some really great price action for a lot of the same projects that were four times their value just six months ago, well, they're on sale and people are seeming to stay away. I want to kick it to Johnny Crypto here before we dive into our articles. Johnny, what is on your mind this morning? Because I got to hear from you. We're getting so many questions about your background. Why don't you fill people in on your vacation and then tell us about how you're navigating the crypto market today? Yeah, it's just it's wonderful, wonderful being down here in Florida on Abs's deck. And yes, Jenna, Mario and I, we are down here chilling out at Abs's lake house. It's really, really cool. But, um, you know, I just want to touch base on um, what Jordan said. I think it's so true that, uh, first of all, you always want to pay off your debt, especially as we're heading into this recession area that's going to be kind of ugly and then secondly you want to make sure that you are if you're ever going to take a loan out against yourself on your cryptos like nexo allows you to do for example this is the time when you do it you don't do it when the market's at an all-time high because you're going to get wrecked you're going to get you're going to get liquidated you do it now when we're low and the chances of going lower and getting liquid is much less and i've done that i've been barring against my next so a little bit here and there. I bought a little Matic actually maybe yesterday or two days ago. So I bought some Matic. I bought some Graph. Again, don't buy it just because I'm buying it. Make sure you guys go out and do your homework. It's very important. But I bought some Matic. I bought some Graph. And um, I, I really, and Cardano because it's one of my favorite as well as Gala. So, and I'm, and when I do that, yes, I'm either borrowing against some of my crypto, which is at low right now, or I'm, you know, taking also some of my earned income that I make on a get paid every two weeks. And I take a little bit of that and I pay myself into crypto. So those are the good two things I would do. Pay off your debt, as Jordan's saying. And then if you want, now's the time where you maybe borrow a little bit against yourself. And by the way, if you have 100% equity, or I should say liquidation, you know, whatever you have available to borrow, don't use it all. Use 10%. Don't go more than that. Because then you have a 90% window that if it drops, the chance of you getting liquidated is really, really small. 
Mario, and you sent me this price chart, so I think it's only fitting I go to you for this specific topic. We are showing the psychology of the market right here. And what's very interesting is this thing may as well be the Bitcoin price chart. It's so fascinating to watch how these pull, uh, bearish pullbacks take place. When we get bullish price action, it typically takes five times as long to get that momentum as it would in a bear market. We watch these capitulations take place so quickly. But looking at this graphic, if I had to guess where we are today, I would say that we're sitting in between capitulation and anger. So much of this market is not only fearful of what's taken place, but they're worried that we're going to continue to downtrend. Bitcoin was sitting at $70,000 just six months ago, and today we're at $21,000. Yet retail is waiting for additional uh, bearish price action to the downside. How do you feel about the market today, Mario? And where do you think we are on this chart? Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of mixed feelings as far, uh, as far as where we are in the market. Looking at that chart, I do agree with you. I think we are somewhere in between capital uh capitulation and anger we've def definitely seen some panic in the space just to touch on what jordan harry was saying as far as you know collateralized loans i i know we've seen a lot of panic especially from people that were over leveraged and um and got liquidated essentially so i think we are in between that i know that it, it's it's sort of it's harder to kind of figure out where we are in the market because we had it somewhat of a little different of a bull run this time but it, it's very important to remember that the economic times that we lived, that we just that we're living through at the moment, they're also very different. We had record uh, money printing. We have, you know, the C word. We have the war stuff. So there's a lot of stuff that's that's kind of setting setting the way for for different times. And so that's why we've 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 seen a, a different uh, cycle this time with with a double top from Bitcoin uh, rather than a blow off top like we usually see from Euphoria. So it was really hard to. It was really hard to pinpoint that euphoric moment. A lot of people were really expecting to see that spike up and, and be able to sell at that spike up. And we didn't see that. We, we had a little bit of a fall down and then went through the summer, um, made another high. But yeah, I, th I agree with you. I think we're somewhere in between the, in between the, the capitulation and anger. Jordan, I love your shirt, and it's very fitting for our show. D-Y-O-R, do your own research, people. And that's something we talk about on this channel every single day. But one of the best ways to do your research is by networking. And Jordan, we know you're an expert when it comes to networking. Why don't you fill our listeners in on some of the things you've been doing behind the scenes in the crypto space that only adds to your confidence today. And for our listeners who are just listening via podcast, we are showing a picture of Jordan Harry with two living legends, just like Johnny Crypto. We got Brad Kimes and Digital Asset Investor with Jordan Harry here. So why don't you fill our listeners in on some of the stuff you've been doing behind the scenes in the crypto space? For sure. So first and foremost, let's admire the fanny pack. Okay. I was one of the few men out there who wasn't scared to represent it and wear it properly. <laughs> Hell yeah. I love it, Jordan. <laughs> Thank you. So beyond the fanny pack and its utility, which we can come to later on down the line, is there's two things going on, right? You'll normally see people um, paying to be in the room, right? Just so they can be associated and leverage off that social capital, right? So that's one way people network. And you could say, oh, that's quite manipulative. But that's that social capital that gets derived, right? You're seen with an influential person and if you trust that person and they're hanging out with that person, you automatically trust that new person. Now, what we're doing here is way beyond that. There's a conversation that's been had behind closed doors and there's a relationship being built. And these two gentlemen at the early part of my journey in crypto, only two years ago, these were my virtual mentors, as I'm sure for many people as well. You might not recognize their faces, but you'll recognize their voices. And for me, I'm actually working on a show. And actually, this is probably the first time I'm saying it out loud. Um, in, hmm, do I put a timeline? 
all I'm going to say is I'm working on it where I'm going to be bringing crypto influencers, so the rich and famous and crypto, and I'm going to be putting them almost like this in the room with the rich and famous in another space. So we're going to have a UFC fighter with Brad Kynes. Two people you probably never see together have similarities, both invest in crypto, and we'll see where that conversation goes as we bring those worlds together. So um, watch your see me with all these people. There's plans within plans. You know what gets me so excited about that UFC narrative, Jordan, is they've been one of the most prominent sports organizations to adopt cryptocurrencies. And the biggest advantage there is they're global. It's not America where it's like if you're promoting the NFL, these are only American consumer base. The UFC is literally popular in every single country in the world. They've got fighters from Brazil, Europe, Asia, America. The limits, you know, the borders are limitless. But can you speak a little bit to that? We saw them partner with VeChain. We saw them partner with CRO. What do you know behind closed doors about some of the people who aren't publicly adopting crypto yet, but are aware of the unique advantages in this space? So what we are aware to is that if we're talking about UFC, athletes are super aware that they're not going to make the they're living from their sport. They have a time frame, And I always say that athletes are like Peter Pan. And I say that because I've been there. In the sense that when they end their career, they're old in their universe. But when they leave and enter the real world, they're a young woman or young man. You know, they're in their 30s and 40s. Their life is only beginning. And so there are a few athletes, more than what people are aware to, Cristiano Ronaldo, which we'll be coming on to, who are planning for life after their careers, where the rich want to become famous and the famous want to become rich. And that's where crypto is a perfect intersection for pretty much all walks of life. Because coach said it best, and I'll finish on this, which was if you don't think money's important, stop working. It sounds quite cynical, but if you really think that you need to escape and you can go live with the trees, great. Stop working. Can you still do that? And the answer is money allows us to have that freedom. Money's important, whether you like to accept it or not. Celebrities know that and the rich do too. Thank you, Jordan. I want to kick it to Johnny Crypto here. I know we had a question for you. Johnny, the floor is yours. Jordan. So I know one of the things we get asked a lot um, from our community, and I think they're even asking the question today, is, you know, what's the latest? What's going on with Fire Nose? A lot of nests. A lot of people have the nests. Uh, I thought maybe you could speak a little bit to where you guys are in the process, what's happening. I know there's a transition to maybe now getting some real business income in there. So could you tell us a little bit uh, for our listeners there, what, what's the latest and greatest, whatever you're able to share? Of course I can. The first and foremost is my heart goes out to anyone who invested and is now facing tough times. We know a lot of people who are not just in fire tokens, but XRP, XLM, Cardano, who are selling them at losses because of, of course, when you need cash, it's always that case where your assets aren't worth what they were X period of time. And so at Phoenix Community Capital, our plan from day one was always to have real world assets backing that stable passive income. Now, of course, building a business, as Johnny knows, and I won't share too much because uh, I don't want to give away anything that Johnny's working on. It does take time. Our timeline, it's been skewed a little bit because there's only so much you can control. But what I'm excited about is this month, although the airdrop's going to be tiny, you know, it's going to be less than 10 cents per nest, which a lot of people are like, ah, how could you even be proud to say that out loud? We're not proud. That's the starting point. You better recognize that we're not going to finish here. And the same way I said back in December before we launched that PCC will retire many people, the same way I said it will retire many people this year when it was $400 fire, I still say the same today. I'm a big believer in the law of attraction. 
And that means you have to speak things existence before many people can see it. And the problem with that is so many people are scared nowadays with social media to say things out loud because someone will grab a tweet for months ago and say, ah, see, look, you said this then and da, 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 you were wrong. I'm not scared to be wrong. I'm here. I'm putting up my belief now before it's sexy and cool. And if you're in crypto, thank you, because you are not sexy and cool right now. <laughs> Subjectively, in a sense right now, you are saying I stand by XRP, for example. I stand by PCC, whilst the majority right that you shouldn't be but when it's easy to follow these projects and protocols that's when of course everyone's going to be here but all i say to everyone is make a mental note who was supporting your favorite projects who was supporting pcc when times were easy who was supporting these protocols when times were challenging and then when times change because they will we will pass through this and it's easy again remember who was still there with you that's all I have to say. So, yeah. Jordan, that was a good insight. Jordan, I think it's so important what you said there, too, that <clears throat> when we're wrong, and we're going to be wrong because we're humans and things don't always go according to plan, it's all about how a company handles that. And being transparent, like you just were, and explaining to me is exactly the integrity and type of stuff that we want to see companies do. If you make a mistake and you, and you F up, just admit it. Hey, you know what? It's taking longer than we thought, blah, 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 blah. But you have good intentions. You guys are trying to do it right. Yes, nobody likes that it's 10 cents, okay, or three cents, whatever it is. But the reality is, hey, at least you're coming out. You're saying this is what it is. Yeah. You're communicating and you're talking and you're there and you're trying to get it to go somewhere. Look at Strong. Anybody seen David Moss? Has anybody seen David Moss at all? Is that like, him right now, Johnny? David Moss? Where's <laughs> David Moss? Is that David Moss's special ringtone? That, was, that might be David Moss calling me saying, hey, stop mentioning my name on the air. But, like, they should create a game. You know they used to have a game called Where in Hell is Carmen San Diego? Where in Hell is David Moss? Like, nobody's strong. is like, what's going on here, right? At least fire, you guys are still here. You're, you're explaining it. You're trying to let people know what's going on. And to me, that that's important so that we don't have to call you rat snake weasels on this show. We're glad that you have high integrity and you're not in that class of, you know, yeah. that group of, of people that are companies that are are just not honest. So glad to hear that. And thanks for sharing that with our community. No yes, doubt. It goes without saying. Oh, I'm sorry. If there's any difficult conversations in the comments, please put me on the firing spot. You know, I'm yeah. not here when times are easy, right? I, I try to show up every single day. Um, I know what my character is. My reputation, of course, that's something I can't control. But I know my character, and I hope that gets communicated through to everyone that I do yeah. care. And I do feel comfortable, you know, in this one instance speaking for you, Jordan. I met you in person. You are an extremely high character guy. You, the way you present yourself is the way you actually live. You seem to be very authentic. So for me personally, I'm glad to call you my friend. And I'm in this project. I'm excited to see the developments going forward. If you guys are enjoying this content, show us some love and smash that like button. Jordan Harry is our special guest for today. If you're looking to find him on Twitter, the heading is right on the screen right now. But I do want to continue with our conversation about fire because I do think it's so important we always talk about on this channel, never playing short-term games in a long-term market. And one of the things that I'm noticing across the board in crypto right now is a lot of these projects are 70, 80, 90% down from their all-time highs, but there's been no fundamental differences in the background projects, in the, in the developments that are taking place in the background. So typically when you're entering a market and everyone says, oh, you're brilliant for buying into this space, that's when you should be exiting. And when people are calling you an idiot for entering the space, that's typically when you should be entering the market. So I feel very comfortable buying a lot of these assets at discount prices. How do you feel about your project? Is it one of those things where we're just going through a macroeconomic issue? Or has there been structural changes within your project to lower or raise your confidence? Yeah. And thank you, Eric. I appreciate you. Um, so to put it simply, so everyone understands, 
The fire token, the price of that is depicted because people want to get a profit percentage of our real world assets, right? So round one, which we just closed at 100,000 nests, of course, massive excitement. We announced five and a few more other investments that we've made. So people are brilliant. We can see the timeline. We can see the roadmap. And then, of course, people will speculate on how much those investments will bring back. Now, the price is so low of fire, mainly because people are like, well, what's in round two? And truth be told, at the moment, there's only one investment in round two. If you have a round one nest, you're going to be okay because you're going to get the percentage of the profits for each and every single investment moving forward. Round two don't. In fact, they have to share them with round one nest holders. So what does that mean? So, okay, well, if I was to speculate and I can openly speculate, round two people will only start pouring in when they start to see round one people making money, right? That's the FOMO and it saddens me that that's going to be the case, that people will start to buy fire tokens to create nests when they start to see that round one nest holders like ourselves are making 10, 50, 100, $1,000 per nest because now they see it's lucrative. Three cents per nest, they're going, Psh, that's not lucrative. That excites me because you know what's been lovely? It's been a, it's cleansed a lot of people from my circle. It's made me realize, okay, cool. This is where we're starting. I'm, I'm excited that we've started here, three cents with only one of our partners going live within a month. Where are we going to be in six months and who's still going to be around? I'm confident it won't be three cents. I can't make any price predictions. But that's where we're going to see, in my opinion, the price of fire increase. Only when round one people are making money, which, like I said, gives them the option to retire. Yes, and I want to give the Node Defender a chance to ask a question here because the Node market can be so difficult to navigate, mm. especially when you're looking for long-term fundamental projects. The one thing that we always emphasize when we're talking about the Node market, and I know your project's not a Node, Jordan, so don't, don't get it confused, but the one thing that we always emphasize when you're looking at Node projects is sustainability, and one of the things we look for is the leadership team. The leadership team is one of the most important things driving these individual projects. What is a business? A business is just a group of people coming together to get the most out of those people and technology. It's the best of both worlds. You're combining business, you're combining technology, and you're allowing people like us to get in on these projects to create that generational wealth. Mario, I'd love to hear from you. Do you have any closing remarks when it comes to Phoenix? What's on your mind? Yeah, I'll just say this. Um, real world companies are real world example of companies like uh, Amazon and Uber and some of these. These are just the ones that are coming up to my mind right now. They've seeked investments at, at their very early stage and they were said they were told no, right? People didn't believe in what they were creating. And, and now we look at Amazon and everybody wishes they had bought Amazon stock, you know, when it was at the lowest and everybody wishes they had gotten into Uber and, and the list goes on and Apple. And, and, and that's what it comes down to. It's about you uh, understanding what a company is creating. And if you align with their vision and you believe that what they are creating is unique and has potential, then you have to make your own educated decision to invest or not to invest. And fundamentally, like you mentioned, Abs, a lot of these projects, you know, from PCC to XRP to Ethereum, the list goes on, nothing has fundamentally changed. To touch on Strong a little bit, the problem with Strong is the fact that they've been lacking a lot of communication with the community. They are still rolling out their roadmap. They haven't really failed their roadmap yet, but they haven't really put out any communication. And uh, I think that's where they're going wrong. And people are frustrated because they they um, they've gotten some some things which they didn't expect. 
And I totally emphasize, and I'm in the same boat, you know what I mean? I didn't expect for my notes to all of a sudden just be capped like this. I didn't expect for for some of the other things that, that have played out. But um, we have to be adults and we have to be uh, educated investors. And we have to prove that it we the, the whole thing that we keep talking about how the SEC categorizes educated or, or uh, accredited investors and it's unfair. Well, we have to prove that it isn't fair, right? Because those investors are categorized like that because they understand the risk of when they make an investment. And so we as adults and educated investors have to do the same. We have to understand that um, these investments we're going to make, they may not turn out exactly how we expect, but we can do our due diligence to put our money where we think is best and and uh, bet on the teams, bet on the idea and bet on the potential that the, the company has or the project has. A hundred percent. And it comes back to what Jordan's shirt is right now. Do your own research. Jordan, I'd love to give you a chance to just close off this conversation before we hop into our news articles. I haven't spoken about Sean. Um, main, and I am an investor. You know, I think I have about uh, over 10 notes. Um, and, you know, I always say don't throw rocks when you're in a glass house. Right. And that's true because we had to change things with our protocol. It's no secret. We had 0.2255 awards with the expectation to also pay out monthly payouts. We had to change that because we grew so quick before our partnerships went live. So we had, and we, and we have said, and it has been misquoted by some moderators, and that's an issue on our end, that we need to talk to our moderators more to make sure they're not saying the wrong things. But one of our founders, Eric, did say, that is a reward rate and we will change it if need be. Now, of course, that one sentence is not something we're trying to fall back on. We hold our hands up and say, we had to change things to protect the protocol because no one wants their 0.2255 anyway if the price is so low. Someone's going to complain about something there, right? We made sure that we did what we could to ensure that it falls back on the real world assets. With Strong, I know people have their opinion about David Moss, and I think the hardest thing is he hasn't come out much at all, apart from that scripted video, to explain why the changes were there, right? Not saying it would have made things better, because as a PCC, we show up every single week, every day in our Discord, and we'll answer those tough questions. I'm not saying it solves it, but it allows people to come with terms. And instead of um, trying to fix their confirmation bias that, you know, it wasn't their fault. Well, you're right. You didn't see this coming. And I generally believe that David Moss, if I am on record, didn't do it on purpose. Right? I always say I believe in the best of people and that can be mistreated. But if you are someone who has strong nodes and you've been burnt, try to come at peace knowing or unknowing that. David Moss didn't do this on purpose. I have no affiliation with him, by the way. <laughs> I'm not trying to fight his battles. I just have tremendous empathy. And for anyone who's built anything, and I'm not saying a business, I'm saying even if you've created a song, you've put that song out into the world, your art gets criticized and ridiculed by the public. That's the nature of the beast when you are an artist. David Moss is an artist. He put his work out there. He's been criticized fairly. What we do have to understand is the empathy that he does have a, a real world beyond strong. And I'm sure he has real problems to deal with in his relationships and his real life. So let's be patient with strong. Let's be confident that the changes have made is for the grand division. And I say that with a big sigh because only time will settle all those arguments.
Thank you so much, Jordan. And if you guys have any additional questions for Jordan, please put them in the live chat. He's already said he's willing to answer anything. So let's test his knowledge today. I really want to get into the head of Jordan Harry here, but we have 172 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. And like I said before, if you're looking for a live update, we always check the live feed. So please, we'd love to answer your questions. We're going to hop into our first article for today, which is a Charles Hodgkins article. Charles Hodgkins actually took the time yesterday to go speak in front of Congress and educate many of our politicians on what's going to be necessary to allow crypto to innovate within our borders. Talking about how regulation needs to be appropriate for us to get the most out of this industry. We're going to let this clip play and then get comments from the group. Here we go. Tools do we have at our, our capability? And what's magical about cryptocurrencies is that in the transactions themselves, they can carry metadata, they can carry identity. Uh, rule makers and policymakers can take a step back and say, well, these are the things that we're, we care about and we can make sure inside the systems that uh, those things don't settle and clear until those things are present. So what I find so interesting about this clip, and I'd love to start off with Johnny Crypto before we kick it to Jordan, is the fact that he talks about of all the advantages that crypto has. And he's talking about it in a public setting in front of Congress. So now all these people, they can't deny the fact that they aren't educated in the space. They're being told exactly some of the benefits of cryptocurrencies. Johnny Crypto, what are you expecting Congress to do to allow crypto to innovate within our borders? <clears throat> well, I expect Congress to do nothing because they're lazy and they're slow. And uh, and I think it'll take forever for them to make a move on something. But what I want to say is I've been telling you guys, I absolutely love Cardano and I absolutely loved it because of the guy behind Cardano. I've been telling you for, for a while now, I love Charles. Hawkinson is a stand-up guy with high integrity. And more importantly, he tells it like it is he doesn't hold back. Who else do you know that does that? I love this guy. He does not hold back whatsoever. He's a Simon Cowell of, of crypto and, uh, uh, you know, of these guys. He's trying to really take leadership in charge. Nobody else is doing it. He's calling out all the rat snake weasels that are trying to, um, you know, pay off Congress. And you're going to hear this in a minute um, to use Bitcoin as to say Bitcoin is the only true cryptocurrency and ban everything. And he just called it right out. <laughs> So I love it. I love the fact that what you get from him is a guy that has his passion. His love for this industry is right here. It's right there in the heart. He speaks it right out of the heart. And he's brilliant. He understands what this space needs to be successful. And because he comes and calls people out and he talks and he's not afraid to say anything, a lot of people don't like him. And because they don't like him, they want to see him fail. And that is sad. If anything, people should come together with him because he's really, really brilliant. He knows what it needs to make this industry work. And if more of these developers and blockchains came together with him, we would progress crypto much, much, much faster than it's going to move. Thank you, Johnny. I'd love to kick it to Jordan here. Jordan, it can be so difficult to find authentic players in this space. And what Johnny Crypto is emphasizing right now is he feels we've identified an honest player in this space. How do you feel about Cardano as a project? And what do you think about regulation? I know you don't currently live in the United States, but it's a global market, right? So it's going to have a huge impact on the overall impact crypto has. What are some of your thoughts? So on the thoughts of Charles, again, I'm a big advocate for who he is as a person. Again, he's someone who was here when times were easy. Um, he's been here when times have been challenging. And Cardano have made changes as well, which have gone for and against them by public sentiment. And it's up to you to decide what you listen to, all right? Um, echo exactly what Johnny said about collaboration over competition. And when it comes to regulation, someone in the comments actually said, if you fear something you don't understand, well, you can regulate it. And you're going to regulate it with that miseducation. And so we want to see more of this. 
And we are seeing more of this. I'd love for someone to actually find a statistic of how many crypto conversations now have been put in front of policymakers. And it's been ramping up over the past couple of years. So it's a sign which I hope continues. And when we've got people like Charles who represents us in a positive light, these things take time. We're educating a whole generation and uh, we get it because we're in the ecosystem. Let's hope soon enough they'll get it. And what's exciting about uncertainty is it means we're at the forefront of this stuff. We're before regulation. And if you're an XRP holder, clearly we're before the resolution of the lawsuit. But what gets me excited, Mario, is the fact that we are before regulation. We got midterm elections coming up in November. And Kevin O'Leary and Robert Kinasaki have stated publicly that after those public elections take place, they expect the first thing to be dealt with it's going to be crypto regulation. And we also have a clip that we're going to show our listeners in just a couple of minutes where Jerome Powell, the chair at the Federal Reserve, says that FedNow's instant payments will be live in 2023 starting next year. So, Mario, floor is yours. Thanks, Abs. Yeah, you said a few. Uh, everybody's already said uh, really important facts as far as uh, Charles Hoskinson. He really is a genius. I love listening to him speak, even though most of the time I don't understand a lot of the stuff that he says. <laughs> He's just uh, he speaks very well. And don't get me wrong, but uh, he is definitely a genius. Um, I do respect him a lot. I think that a lot of the stuff that he does within the space is to be respected. And um, we know that there's a little bit of a divide when it comes to uh, crypto uh, and, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano. There's a little bit of a divide there between the people that follow Cardano, like Cardano, and then Ethereum. They're just all about Ethereum and all about Bitcoin. And in, in reality, and we've heard this a lot about the SEC case with, with Ripple, is that this is a time to come together because it's about the entire industry. It's not just about cardano or just about ethereum or just about xrp this is about the entire industry and um what what charles hoskinson did yesterday was was very commendable i i respect him a lot for the way that he explained it and as jordan said this is about bringing education to these people that don't understand crypto and um as i mentioned yesterday on the show there's a lot of those people I've, i have people in my circle that i've had very deep conversations with uh with as far as crypto is concerned, they just don't see the future of the digital asset space. Uh, so it's it's about education, educating the space, educating the people, and presenting them with with why this is the future. And um, to touch a little bit on bear markets and bull markets, the, this is a very important time right now because in a bull market, it's so easy for anybody to to thrive, or in a good time, it's so easy for people to thrive and do well. But in a bear market, it's when warriors are created because you have to persist and you have to persevere. So really important times we're living through. Exactly, Mario. It's like they say billionaires are built in a bear market, and that's because everything that you'd be buying during a bull run, well, it's on sale. So the purpose of the hearing yesterday was to discuss the effectiveness of current regulation with the view of implementing a future framework to benefit this industry. Hoskinson put forward the position of developers explaining how a public-private partnership would be in the best interest of all that we're concerned. For innovation to take place within these borders, we're going to have to adapt, and innovation is extremely difficult under these circumstances. Therefore, regulation should focus on the principles rather than formulating particular rules for individual events. When you look at the cryptocurrencies in general, I've always viewed them as a financial stem cell, more than fundamental, more fundamental than a particular category like a currency or a commodity, when we're regulating this industry, we have to take a step back and see what guidelines do we want these projects to abide by and what things do we want to protect consumers against. That's what's going to innovate this market the quickest way possible, giving consumers a safe environment to operate in. Jordan Harry, the floor is yours. The safe environment, it's going to be too late. 
for the volatility, right? I think we understand this as well, is by the time that it's safe, whatever that looks like, whether it is the so-called 99% of cryptos will be removed from existence, right? Whether safe will be, it'll become easy to buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, however you want to look at easy. That's when it's too late because I always say it's natural selection right now. When I tell a friend of mine to go invest in Alliance Block, what they say is, oh, no, I've got to do a KYC. Oh, no, it's too long. Good, because you didn't deserve that wealth. That's a perfect natural selection process. If you're not willing to do that little bit of extra work just to do a KYC process, there's no way you're holding on to this asset for three, five, 15 years, let alone understanding how to sell it, how to stake it, and how to borrow against it. So I'm looking forward to it being safe, but sadly, I think that's when the volatility will go. And as much as we may not like volatility, that's where you can make money through the volatility. So I'm looking forward to it for grandma joining. I'm not looking forward to it because I fear when it is safe, (laughs) the profits would have been made. Exactly, Jordan. It's volatility is our best friend and our greatest enemy, depending on the time. But what's exciting is that when institutions roll into this market, that volatility, it's not going to go away, but it should dissipate. We should have buyers at certain levels. And that's what we don't have now. When we get a 90% pullback in the year 2025, and we have a regulatory framework, institutions are going to be buying the dip like you've never seen before. And I bet they would be doing the same thing now if they had the legal framework to do so. But we're going to bring you guys some development news right here. Brand new. Apple Pay is now available in the Crypto.com app to simplify the crypto purchasing process for U.S. users. This is very exciting. Mario, I'd love to get some comments from you. The floor is yours. Thanks, man. Yeah, this is exactly what Jordan was saying, making it easier. When it gets easier for you to get into uh, projects, crypto, to buy crypto, it's all about that user friendliness. It's all about the barrier to entry. When it does get easier, eventually it will take the volatility away. The volatility is great for everybody wants the volatility to the upside. It's also awful to experience it to the downside. But um, yeah, it's going to take the volatility away. Uh, I agree with that as well. As As the market matures, it's obviously going to get a little harder for you to make 20% in a day or, or, or 15% in a day. It's going to get a little bit more traditional. But this is the kind of stuff that makes the, uh, makes the barrier to entry a little bit easier for people. And as we start seeing stuff like apps, and, and, and we're, we're going to cover it, so I'm not going to touch on it. So I'll, I'll just leave it as that. Awesome. Thank you, Mario. And we have another development here. I'd love to kick it to Johnny Crypto. MasterCard announced that 51% of the consumers in Latin America have already made a transaction with crypto. We're seeing adoption take place. And we just saw 50 crypto ATMs being put in Latin American. And this is how they quoted it. Latin American supermarkets around the United States. The reason that's so exciting is because Latin Americans send lots of money cross-border. They're constantly sending money back to their original countries, and this is a cheaper way to do so. So this gets me very excited. Johnny, the floor is yours. What have we been saying on this show? Whenever there's a cheaper, better solution, companies are going to adopt it. And we all know that crypto provides just that, and there will be certain real-world technology ones that will be here. Jordan's right, and most of them will be away. It'll be, it'll be too late for them to regulate. So I'll be going too late to regulate. I like that. They'll be dead. They'll be gone. But the ones that survive will have real world utility uses. Like here, we've been, you know, you are just, again, we're just going to continue to see examples of this over time between now and 2025 of more and more companies adopting these technologies. We're going to be talking about it and telling you it's happening. And at the same time, hopefully you're invested in some of these technologies that are going to be here and drive it because it's going to be super exciting times in 2025 and beyond. But the key is to make it simple to the consumer 
and low cost to the company. And that's what you're seeing happening right now. It's a beautiful thing. And this is what I love about crypto. When you have a solution that's not only cheaper and faster, but more sustainable and efficient, it's inevitable that these technologies are adopted. Jordan, I'd love to hear from you. You do a ton of traveling, a ton of networking around the world. What have you noticed in your travels? What are some of the fundamental differences between countries when you're having crypto conversations? Maybe not an adoption standpoint from the governments, but just when you're talking to everyday people, depending on where you are around the world, how willing are they to adopt these new ideas and concepts? So the most profound thing that I found in my travels was I was fortunate to listen to Danella Dixon, the CEO of the Stella Development Foundation. Um, Stella is the company behind XLM. And she announced on stage their partnership with MoneyGram and that it was live. And in the sense of that you can now use a Stella supported wallet like Lobster, you can then put in cash because again, we have this notion because of course we live in our eco bubble that cash is dead. Cash is very much alive in Latin America where they can put cash into a MoneyGram ATM and it then gets loaded up onto their Lobster wallet. Now they're part of the digital economy. And her massive message was, yeah, this, um, this revolution is being televised and it's taking place, but not everyone can participate. And her main mission was until everyone can participate, now it's fair. So that's what's beautiful is seeing how we are invested in the infrastructure, how everyone will use and experience this technology, but they won't necessarily see it. So it's happening as early as literally this month with MoneyGram ATM machines around the world. You can now load up your digital crypto wallet with cash. Doesn't sound like a massive thing, but that's mind blowing for anyone who needs to buy something on Amazon or any online purchase that was never accessible to them. Now it is. It's really exciting. And I think that once these technologies become start to become adopted, it's just inevitable. It's one of those things like a snowball going down a hill. It just accelerates in the process. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to have you close us out here. We're about to cover some news from the Federal Reserve, not only stating that they have infinite money, but that they're in one of the most unique macroeconomic situations they have ever been in. Why don't you fill our listeners in on why we can trust the Federal Reserve? Oh, because they're a federal agency and they're a reserve. Uh, it's actually just the opposite. But the reality is, of course, they're of course they they're all set. They can print whatever they want. It doesn't end. There's no there's no limit. So uh, it's a beautiful thing if you were running it for sure. But yeah, let's hop into that ads and uh, let's see what that article is all about. Awesome. I'm really excited. If you guys are enjoying this content, we get 176 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. If you're looking for Jordan Harry, well, his social media is listed down below, so you can go and check him out. He produces amazing content, especially on Twitter. But we are going to show you guys a very important clip. I don't even want to preface this with statements because it really does speak for itself. We'll let this clip play and get comments from the group. Here we go. Looking forward. Rapid changes are taking place in the global monetary system that may affect the international role of the dollar in the future. Most major economies already have or are in the process of developing instant 24-7 payments. Our own FedNow service will be coming online in 2023. And in light of the tremendous growth in crypto assets and stable coins, we are examining whether a U.S. central bank digital currency would improve upon what is an already safe and efficient domestic payment system. Well, good thing it's safe and efficient, but I definitely think that a CBDC will improve this system. Jordan, Harry, I'd love to hear from you because I already know what Johnny Crypto is going to say. The floor is yours. There's a lot of speculation about this. And I know in terms of FedNow, um, if you've been in the XRP community, you'll see there's been a lot of dot connecting. 
with certain Ripple employees, past and present, joining the Faster Payments Committee, joining the FedNow Advisory Boards. Um, Craig DeWitt, who is still at Ripple, he recently joined as well, one of the Fed um, payment platforms. I'm not quite sure which one, I need to find out. But the connections are there, right? Hidden in plain sight. XRP Cheers had a great song <laughs> about it being hidden in plain sight. So what I do want to advise everyone is I used to be like this. He said 2023. That means XRP, XLM, all these other ones we think are interconnected, they're going to take off. Not necessarily. And I'll tell you why, because I actually had some time with an XRP ledger developer and I asked him the question, how's XRP's price going to increase? Because everyone's got their assumptions. Well, right now, Ripple Pay on Ripple Network, that is currently doing millions in transactions, moving value around. Right now, we see the price of XRP as it is. We don't know what the floor price is if we were to take away the secondary markets. But right now, the price of XRP is being impacted by them using Ripple products. What will happen when billions and trillions start moving? Will that be involved with the Fed now service? We don't know. We'll know when it's too late. So ultimately, look at where the utility is and will the project you're invested in, will that increase the value of your coin? It's hard. You need to ask these tough questions. But when you meet the people who are working and building, they will tell you how the utility will impact the price. 2023, we'll be watching. 100%, Jordan. We always talk about on this channel, 2023 will be the year of institutional adoption. Well, I guess that goes for the Federal Reserve as well. I know Johnny Crypto's got some comments. Johnny Crypto, floor is yours. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> well, first of all, let's start with all these old goats that we have running this whole thing. And I know our girl Angelina, if she's out there, she'll appreciate this. But they all need a Botox injection. And then they just need to go and retire. So, Angelina, maybe you could help us out and give them, a, give them one of those. That's, I know that's one of her moves. But... um. On a serious note, these guys <laughs> sit here and tell you, oh, we're looking into it. Well, you guys all know it's coming. It's not. This is lying right to their teeth to you. A CBDC is coming. The whole world is rolling them out. It's already started in China. We know that the rest of the world is coming. So just the reality is when is it going to come? And then more importantly, since we know it's coming, we're hoping that we've actually invested in it properly, right, in, in, in some of the rails. And we know that. The driver of this and the connection connection and connectivity, obviously, we're all hoping it's XRP for the rails, but who knows what it is or isn't. But we know that there's going to have to be connectivity, interoperability, so maybe quant, the ISO 2000 coins, right? Those are the best places that we have an idea to invest in now before they start rolling this stuff out. And then they reveal like, hey, this is the one we've chosen. And hopefully we've invested in that one, right, at the end of the day. We know it's coming. He's not going to tell you it's coming, but it is. And he's not going to tell you what technology they're using. But we know, we think that the ISO 2002 coins will be the infrastructure or the standards, right, that, that will kind of coexist together to drive this whole ecosystem or new quantum financial system ads. Um, but we also know that they moved that standard to 2025. So it is going to be interesting to see how this thing rolls out. I don't know why I'm getting a bad echo here. But we know the FedNow coin, they've been talking about that for a while. They're putting in crypto regulation for stable coins first because they know that cryptocurrency is uh, CBDC is like a stable coin. And I think that's the mindset they're trying to get everybody convinced on is, hey, cryptocurrency bad, CBDC good. 
Perfect. And I'd love to kick it to Mario here because we know that the Federal Reserve wants us to move away from decentralized currencies and into the centralized currencies that they've been working on in the background. And I want to give a shout out to our fearless leader, Coach JV out there. He's been showing this type of content for over two years now, talking about how the Federal Reserve has been building a central bank digital currency in the background. So Mario, I'd love to hear from you. The floor is yours. Yeah, I'll just say this. This is the same guy that said that inflation was transitory. And it, we all know it, it wasn't. We all know it isn't. So they're not going to tell you like it is. They're not going to tell you what they're doing in the, ba- in the background. You just have to kind of do your research and, and see, try to decipher what it is that they're doing and how they're going to do it and how you can take advantage of, of, of that, right, to benefit yourself and your family. So they're not going to tell you like it is, and they're, they're not going to tell you how they're doing it. Most likely they're going to tell you the opposite, the same way that they did with inflation. They said, they said it was transitory. We know it's not. Now they're saying they're not worried about it. Then they said that, oh, yeah, it is It is getting pretty extreme. So, yeah. And I feel like it's our responsibility on this channel to at least try and show our listeners what the game is. And the game is a never-ending printing press. That's what we're going to show you guys right now. What's exciting about a bear market is that all bear markets in a successful market Well, they're short term, especially when it comes to quantitative easing. I mean, sorry, quantitative tightening, which is what the Federal Reserve is doing right now. This is a short term strategy to combat inflation and eventually lead these markets again into a bullish, more sustainable environment. But we're going to show you guys a clip here of another Federal Reserve employee talking about the infinite money supply the Federal Reserve has at their hands to control this financial system. We're going to let this clip play and then we're going to go straight to Jordan Harry. So I hope you're ready. The floor is going to be yours. To the person who is about to grab their car keys and go to the ATM and take out $3,000, you say what? You don't need to. Your ATM is safe. Your banks are safe. There's enough cash in the financial system, and there is an infinite amount of cash at the Federal Reserve. We will do whatever we need to do to make sure that there's enough cash in the banking system. And that's what's exciting about not only owning the money supply, but not having a finite amount. You can always print more. Jordan Harry, what are some of the pros and cons of knowing this and using this to our advantage? The fact that they're going to turn the printing press on at some point, because quite frankly, they almost have no choice. People are going to need to pay their bills and we have a macroeconomic problem. It's much bigger than crypto. What sticks out to you here and how do you feel about the infinite money supply that we can be using to our advantage? It comes back to the point I mentioned at the beginning, which was about being recession proof. And there's so many different factors. By the way, most of the factors everyone's pointing out, you're right. So let's pinpoint just a few, which I want to bring everyone's attention to, which is the job of the central bank is, of course, to govern their people, right? It's to look after their citizens and to make sure we're okay. So when, <laughs> Mario, put your fingers down, man. <laughs> I'm just worried in case the Bank of England are listening. <laughs> so I love you. So please don't cut my interest rates. <laughs> so what they try to do is when they increase their interest rate, they want to reduce your consumption. Here's a simple example, right? Fuel prices are high. Why are they high? We Again, we're assuming, let's not blame any wars right now. Let's just look at what we really do know. Because demand and supply. Okay, if more people, if your citizens are using more fuel, that means that the supply is so-called reducing, meaning the price is going to increase. So the way they can reduce fuel prices is stop their citizens buying fuel. How do you do that? Well, one, you can increase the prices. That's one. Two, you can increase interest rates, meaning the velocity of money slows down. And if anyone's not familiar with the velocity of money, in my opinion, there's so many economical theories. This is one that I subscribe to, mainly from Jim Rickards. The velocity of money is how fast does money move? So you guessed it. It is what it says on the tin. If 
if you can slow down the velocity of money, the central bank might just be able to bring down inflation, might just. So by slowing down how fast their people spend their money, because they increase your credit card interest, what are you gonna do? You're gonna pay off your credit card, you're gonna buy some fuel. So what you're likely to do, you're likely to save and you're likely to pay off your credit card, walk to work instead of filling up your car and hopefully bring down the price of fuel. That's one of the aims and mechanisms that central banks and of course governments try to govern their people. So I would just be conscious everyone, the more money that's printed ultimately slows down the velocity of money because it has a number of byproducts that follow with it. So that's why I said pay off your credit card debts in case they do increase the interest rates to get you to slow down your spending habits. Back to you, Abs. Thank you, Jordan. If you're enjoying this content, we got 200 live listeners. Show us some love and smash that like button. Of course, we're going to continue to bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics on a daily basis. And clearly, inflation was not transitory, but we're going to continue with some development news here because the XRPL Labs has launched a brand new update. The Zoom Wallet Pro Beta is now live. This is very exciting. It's going to bring much easier user and uh, user and retail connectivity within the XRPL, allowing people to not only have cold storage, but access to deposit euros into their direct deposit account. But I want to skip right by that and get into the meat and potatoes of this article right here. SEC Chair Gary Gensler seeks a unified crypto rulebook to avoid fragmented regulation. Gary Gensler is pushing for a single cryptocurrency rulebook that will bring all regulatory bodies together in order to get a clear framework for cryptocurrencies. Gary Gensler believes that the existence of a different regulatory body will give room for cryptocurrency operators to take advantage of a fragmented system. The chair confirmed that he's been working on a memorandum of understanding with the CFTC on setting up a formal regulatory deal to guarantee the safety and transparency of the cryptocurrency market. I'd love to trust Gary Gensler and take him at his word here, but with so much uncertainty going on, especially with the way that they've regulated this market up to this point, I think it's only fitting we kick it back to Jordan Harry. What are some of your thoughts on the way that the U.S. has regulated crypto, and what do you think companies are going to do if they're not going to start within our borders? They're not going to shut down. They're probably just going to go overseas. Am I right? You're spot on. In fact, Ripple uh, announced a couple of days ago their office in Canada, Toronto. And if you go onto Ripple's uh, Twitter account, you'll see Brad and a number of other employees all at that event and they're hiring. The problem is, and we all know this, I say all know this, if you're new to the show, you're about to know this. Um, the regulation in the US is forcing certain tech companies, especially Ripple, to look elsewhere and build ecosystems and bring employment and GDP up in other countries. That is something, of course, which um, the impact will be felt when it's too late. But I'll step back now because I can't speak for the other being a Brit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's perfect. And it is funny to see that the SEC and CFTC are working together to create a framework for cryptocurrencies because what it tells me is they have no intention of kicking it away from our borders. They're just slowing down innovation. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to hear your thoughts. <clears throat> well, you know, I have to admit in this particular case, I, I actually agree with this rat snake weasel. You know, that I think if he actually can make this happen, this is actually a good thing. Bringing the, the, the SEC and the CFTC together to have one rule book, one game plan, so everybody understands the rules and everybody can play by the same rules is actually a good thing. Now, is he going to do it? You know how I feel about him and is it going to happen? And I don't trust a single word they say. 
But if they make this happen, they're saying the right thing, but that's how they operate. They say the right thing and then <laughs> say this, they're going to do that thing. But if he does deliver on this one, and maybe they will, because they do, you know, we are seeing a lot of talk and chatter about bringing regulation together. Um, if that does happen, this is a good thing. And, you know, again, I call it like it is. In this case, I'll take my hat off and say kudos to, to Mr. Burns here, as we like to call him, uh, if he makes this happen. I hope he does. I really do. This will be a good thing. And Mario, this is just a natural evolution for our space, right? We're going to need rules and guidelines to abide by if we're going to get the most out of this industry. And what gets me excited here is that they're not actually registering most of these uh, cryptocurrencies as securities. Instead, they're labeling them as commodities and giving control over to the CFTC. How do you feel about the regulatory bodies that we're dealing with today? And will we ever see a unit specifically focused on cryptocurrency and digital assets? Yeah, I mean, I'm happy that at least it's a step in the right direction where they're finally acknowledging crypto. They're finally acknowledging the fact that it is it is a space that needs to, to have some kind of clarity. And um, will we have a a special regulatory body? I think. I think we will at some point, um, just because the the um, what the SEC and CFTC regulates it is so different from what crypto is and they're trying to combine those two agencies and 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 kind of give a guidance for the space so i think at some point there needs to be there needs to be something that will regulate crypto as its unique type of asset that it is um not as a commodity not as a not as, not as a security but for what it is and uh what that will be i'm, I'm not really sure but um but i think at some point we will yeah and Jordan, I'd love to give you a chance to just tell people where they can find more of your content. And if they're looking for you on YouTube, let them know where they can find that as well. But we do have a question in the live chat I'd love for you to address. It says, Jordan, are you the genie of Reborn 13? You sound very familiar. I'd love to hear your answer. The floor is yours. Sounds like he's got a smooth British accent, but no, it's not me. <laughs> Sadly not. And uh, D-Wolf, I appreciate you too for taking the time for joining us as well. It's always a pleasure supporting all you boys. I say I love the new rebrand. And one thing that's hard is showing up every single day with the same energy, whether things are going difficult back home, because I always say everyone has a battle. Everyone's fighting some sort of battle and they're all valid. So for you guys to keep showing up, regardless of how many people you have listening to you, I commend you. And for everyone listening, thank you for taking the time to be here because you could be doing anything in the world right now, but you're here. And that's pretty exciting. When you put it that way, I couldn't be more grateful for the community that we have. And we're continuing to grow and bringing in the right individuals. We love people who are thoughtful. We go way deeper than crypto. But crypto is one of the things that we use to connect with one another. And it's going to be one of the ways that we provide the freedom that we all envision for our families. I want to say thank you to Jordan Harry. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. And thank you to the Node Defender. Another amazing episode. You could be doing anything in the world. And you're here with us today. So that is so amazing. Thank you again to Jordan Harry. And it's like we always say, Warriors, guys, show us some love and smash that like button. 190 live listeners. We're going to see you in 71 hours. Let's go. Take a part of the show right here. <laughs> <laughs>